Hello and welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Thank you for joining me on this journey of Stories That Shape Us. Um, and as I reflect on the journey so far, there's so many things I want to share with you around the stories that shape us and uh, you know their significance. And of course, connecting everything to attachment, as I'd said earlier in October, um, that's what we're going to talk about. But today, permit me just to take a little break from that because it's been a really challenging week. Lots of things to to manage, lots of different things to manage. And um, today, especially, just thinking and 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 praying and trying to to work. When when I work, I'm a counselor. Working with mental health can be really challenging, not only for me but for the people that we support. And so I want to talk about the stories that shape our view of mental health and just how we look after ourselves and maybe how you look after the people that are in your world that are experiencing mental health. What are some of the things that you can do for yourself? Some of the things that you can do for them when you are um, looking after someone or looking after yourself, you know, whoever it is that you're looking after, if you're looking after you and it's just your own mental health, it's a labor of love. It's uh, and when I say, a labor of love, I mean, it's something that you do because you're loving on you and that you are, that you're loving on the people that you're supporting. And if you're supporting someone and it can be really challenging, it can be, if you're not trained, if it's just a friend or a family member that you're supporting, it can be, it can be really challenging. And so oftentimes you need support while you support so that everybody stays healthy and okay. Mental health is not something that we like to talk about. It's not something that we, it's not, it's not a regular conversation. Like, for example, people say, how are you? But sometimes I find it really interesting because people say, how are you? But before you answer, they're, they're gone. They're not, they don't stay long enough to hear the response because it's such a, it's such a regular question to ask, how are you? Um, but if, what I've started to ask, especially my children, is how are you feeling? And I've invited the people in the attachment challenge to ask as well their children, how are you feeling? Because when people ask how are you feeling, it's a very different thing from how are you. Now, two things with how are you feeling? Because if you're not used to asking how are you feeling, sometimes it might be awkward to ask how are you feeling? And if you're not used to answering how are you feeling, it might be challenging to answer how are you feeling? It might be, you might not want to say how you're feeling because sometimes we reason it out, right? How are you feeling? Well, what's the point in telling them? They won't, they won't be able to help me. They won't know what to do. So you, you know the people that are in your world, the people that you're closely connected to in the ways that you can connect with them, in, in, the, in the capacity that you have for connection and the capacity that they have for connection. And if it's a genuine connection, whether it's deeply secure or not, or whether you're working to secure a connection between you and these people that are supporting you, then, then use that as a guide to how to answer the question, honestly, how are you feeling? And I, and I say to some, sometimes to people, if you are getting help from people, if they're supporting you, have a plan of what you need when you're at a certain place. How are you feeling? I am at uh, five or I'm at eight. Eight is I'm great. Five is I'm in the middle. And two is I'm not doing good. And so you, you might ask, okay, so what do you need from me 
when you're at eight, when you're at five, when you're at two, what do you need? And then you can work out what I need from you when I'm at eight, five, and two. And leave me alone can't be one of them, right? <laughs> Unless it's, I'm alone, I'm okay, don't need anything right now. When I get to this, that I really need you to just come. I'm, and I'm sharing this because I want to let you know that there are people around you that you can connect with that can offer this level of support. There are people around you that you can connect with that can offer you this level of support. If you're having, if you have depression or anxiety or both or any other mental health diagnosis, these will tell you that you're, nobody understands, nobody will ever get it. That's not true. Depression lies. Okay, there are people that will get it. There are people that will go the distance for you. There are people that you have connection with that will. That there are people in this world who will love you. You may, have, you may, not, have, you may not meet them yet. You may not know them yet. You may, the relationship may not yet be at the place where you, can, where you, where you know that for sure yet. And some of the stories that might, that, that might be going on for you might be the stories of your past, right? The stories of growing up in dysfunctional home, the stories of trauma, the stories of nothing, not having security in your community, the story that has never, you've never felt safe and the emotional reasoning that goes on when that's happening, those things might inform how you go into relationship in this stage, in this season of your life. But if you go back and listen to the podcast before now, as I talk about what security looks like and, and how to, you know, be with somebody that's secure and how to, you know, the people that have emotional availability and all of those things, use that as a guide to say, okay, so who are the people that I'm going to let in my life? Because I want to let you know that we were created to connect. We were not meant to be on our own. Sometimes you might be going through depression and anxiety and you're in a really bad place and it tells you that you need to be alone and you just want and talking to people is the hardest thing. But if you have positive people in your life, go where they are and soak up their energy. Just just go where they are so that you can benefit from their positivity, from the good vibes that they have, from their their atmosphere that that is peaceful and calm and and you will benefit from it. Because when you're in a place of struggle, you will stay home, you'll stay inside, you will not go out and benefit from the fresh air and the sunshine and just movement and how that will help your body get you out of, help you, how your body will help you and can help you. Um, and even if it's just professionals that you have in your life, ring your GP, ring your counselor, you know, ring your pastor, even if it's just professionals that you have in your life and you don't have a secure connection with any friendships, with anybody that's your friend, that you can call a friend, that you can say, these people are my people. They've identified themselves as my people and I've identified them as my people. Even if you don't have that yet, and I'm saying yet because I know that you can have it. So even if you don't have that yet, Access the professionals that are in your life because they are there to help you and they will help you. Call your GP. Uh, it's late now in the UK, but they're out of hours GP. Call NHS 111. Call whoever you need to call to make sure that you're okay. 
don't allow the depression to tell you anything else or don't don't allow emotional reasoning to let you talk yourself out of getting the support that you need call your friend pick up the phone when they call even if you're staying silent on the phone let them talk let them sing let them read to you respond to their the messages and i know at this time it's the hardest thing to do but but it will also be helpful to you when you're when you're forcing yourself through this this period just to do the bare minimum uh, what so when you're making your support plan do it as well like what do you need at that time does somebody need to drop off a meal for you does somebody need to drop or pick you up pick up your prescription does somebody need to um collect your your groceries from the supermarket and drop them off for you do somebody need to come and help you do the washing and whatever it is that you need you're not going to be entertaining but you're just making sure you're, you're having contact with 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 those that love you and those you're connected to look after your well-being in other ways like so that's with connection security with people um exercise is re one really good way of looking after your well-being it releases happy hormones in your body and at times when you're struggling it might be the last minute the last thing you want to do is get up and go outside for a walk i completely understand that go outside for a walk walk up and down your stairs open the window allow the fresh air in sit in the window when the sun comes out all of these things will really help you and a hot and cold shower i know dr nedley uh recommends these things and find a place that understands your mental health and can look after you and i want to say if if you need to ring the emergency services ring the emergency services don't allow yourself to stay at home and reason it out and tell yourself why you shouldn't that that's why they're there and they'll be happy to help you ring them if you need to ring your friend ring your ring your pastor ring your therapist ring the emergency services ring your gp ring people who are who are in your life to serve you to help you whoever those people are if you're looking after somebody with mental health you might tell yourself stories too because it might be challenging it might be so challenging for you when you're connected to someone and you feel helpless that there's not anything that you can do maybe you're the person that will need to ring the emergency services or encourage them to or take them to support or wait for them in the car or go for a walk with them or do the things that you've agreed that is going to be helpful at that time sometimes we don't like having conversations around mental health we don't we don't we don't like to do it. it it's uncomfortable but it's really important to if somebody that you you're supporting and connected to has a a diagnosis talk about it openly you know um because you don't talk about it doesn't mean that it's not happening talk about it ask questions figure out ways that you can support ask ask how you can support in the times when they're not in a crisis because when they're in a crisis sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do to share and to talk i saw a post recently on social media and i completely agree with this because i say this all the time to my clients that there are billions of people in this world and though the people that you in terms of family or people that you know that are close you didn't feel like they love you that there are millions of people in this world who who will love you who can love you who are you haven't met yet but they will love you when they meet you millions of people in this world and so 
What depression and anxiety might tell you is that there's nobody. Those absolute terms are not true. Nobody, always, never. Those are not, those, those absolute statements are not true. If you are struggling, if you've been with somebody that's struggling and you're learning to look after yourself, rest is another way to do it. But whatever is happening, whatever is happening for you today, I want you to know that you're not alone, that there, that there are people who will support you, there are people who will hold your hand and there are people who will be with you. Thank you for joining me in Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.